Live Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is going on? Another edition of the Live Mike coming at you. Hanging out, talking some Steelers football after a weekend that wasn't, I suppose. I'm your host, Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And you know what? It really was kind of a tough week. I would say it was a little bit easier of a weekend than most bye weeks um, because uh, I guess we were kind of prepping for a game. And uh, we're kind of expecting a game to happen nonetheless until it really didn't happen at uh, I, I want to say at that fr- Thursday or Friday of last week. So it, the the bye week from a fan's perspective, it uh, it was shorter than most uh, in a feeling sense. So I I feel personally it went by faster than normally. I wonder how uh, how all of you are feeling on that as well. But one of those fo- forced bye weeks is kind of something that's kind of shaping the rest of the Steelers' season. And that's kind of something that I wanted to talk with all of you today about, is how how this is going to kind of mold the rest of the season and the trajectory this team's going to have to end up going on, um, especially if they have any championship aspirations. Obviously, uh, not playing a game last week. Um, along with the Titans, they're the first two teams on the bye. And when it comes to across the AFC North, it really couldn't get much worse because Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore, yes, all three divisional opponents did come away with victories. And for the most part, other than Cincinnati letting Dallas back in the game late, they all look pretty dominant while doing so. Joe Burrow has looked really good uh, in a few games so far this year. Perhaps Cincinnati's already found their quarterback and Baltimore, uh, they were playing the Washington football team, so I, I will say this with a grain of salt, but they looked uh, they looked to bounce back uh, after that kind of horrid performance they put up against the Chiefs. But that being said, Pittsburgh still, based on winning percentage, is still the number one team in the AFC North, followed closely by Baltimore and Cleveland, both three and one, and then Cincinnati trailing the pack at two one or one two and one, make that uh, one win, two losses, and a tie. That being said, the next couple weeks are really going to uh, determine the Steelers standing in this division and really kind of uh, put them on a trajectory for a spot that they'll probably sit in for most of the season. Of course, stuff kind of gets uh, wacky and zany, but in two weeks, the Steelers are playing Cleveland, and in four weeks, I believe now, they are playing Baltimore. So this four-game four stretch, if Pittsburgh were able to pull off a ton of big wins, that uh, would certainly set them up for some future success, no doubt, but uh, a lot of things have to go right before we even get there. Kicking things off uh, next week the Pittsburgh Steelers have the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town Uh, Philadelphia obviously in the Sunday nighter they look pretty beat up their team as a whole didn't look very good but they did come away with their first victory of the year which is something I think bodes well for the Steelers Philadelphia might not be as hungry looking for that first win as they might have been had they lost that game at the very end there to San Francisco so with that in mind, and when you take in consideration the amount of injuries that have come across the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, you'll kind of notice that uh, they are extremely beat up. Uh, and something uh, I wrote a story on for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and is already on our website and you can check out after listening to this. The Eagles, uh, not only are they missing a ton of key players, but Carson Wentz loves to hold on to the ball very long. 
And the Steelers' defense, we already know, they pressure other teams more than any other team in the NFL, and they get more sacks than any other team in the NFL. If everything goes well, this is a game that we could potentially see the Pittsburgh Steelers break a sack record for sacks in a game. Uh, as a team, uh, there's there's four teams prior that put up 12 sacks in a game. That is the record. I believe the last time it happened uh, was quite a while ago now. I'm, I'm blanking on the stat, but I can tell you that the sacks by an individual player in a game was one... Derek Thomas, of course, of the Kansas City Chiefs. He put up seven sacks in one game back in 1990. Uh, I don't suppose uh, you can really predict anyone breaking that stat uh, because it has been 30 years since that sa- uh, that record has been broken. Uh, and passing is up in the NFL. I think release time has also dropped like a rock over that time. So I really can't uh, expect one player to break that record at some point in the future. Uh, I, I'm not, definitely not saying T.J. Watt's going to have seven, seven and a half sacks in this game and shatter that one. But as a whole, as a defense, uh, the team record personally for sacks by in one game by the Steelers is 10. And they've done it on four occasions, I believe. The NFL record is 12. 12 sacks in a game for an entire defensive unit. Uh, and honestly... I can see them coming out guns blazing, really angry after uh, kind of a forced bye week uh, at the hands of the Tennessee Titans and the NFL. I can see the the Pittsburgh Steelers being uh, fairly motivated, to say the least, for this one. I could see them having a big game uh, and putting up some big-time sack numbers is potentially something that uh, will come with it. So that's something to watch for, especially when you take into consideration that Wentz holds onto the ball, the Eagles' offensive line is battered, bruised, and broken, and basically held together by duct tape at this point in the early season. And when you continue to look around the Eagles' offense, Miles Sanders has had some problems with injuries. Uh, Alshon Jeffries has missed time. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has missed time with injuries. There are there are some uh, offensive playmakers that have been missing time and is going to attribute to the defense being able to get home to the passer. Uh, and this is going to be a huge game for the Steelers to kind of prove that uh, – Once again, they are one of the creams of the crop in the NFL. It's when it comes to week, I believe, six now, however, um, when stuff really starts to get important. Because in week six, your Pittsburgh Steelers are hosting the Cleveland Browns. A huge divisional matchup in this one. Obviously, Cleveland's won three in a row since that uh, embarrassing defeat in week one of Baltimore. Uh, Interesting uh, stat of note. I believe this is the first time since the 1970 merger, NFL-AFL merger, where the Pittsburgh Steelers have played four consecutive home games. This is only happening because the Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers game, which is originally scheduled to be played in Tennessee, it still will be, but in Week 7, was postponed. So the Steelers now are playing four consecutive home games, the last of which being against the Cleveland Browns at home. This is going to be a very interesting game as well. Um, Of course, there's going to be more stuff happening in between, but at this point, uh, star running back and the the player that I kind of believe to be the engine of the Cleveland Brown offense, Nick Chubb, has been placed on the IR and will be out for at least three weeks. So don't expect him in that one. That's going to be a pretty substantial loss. Uh, Kareem Hunt obviously uh, had a pretty good game against Dallas, but the Steelers' defense is a whole lot better than those Dallas Cowboys. And then when you really kind of take it into consideration all the other factors in this game, uh, you could presumably think the Steelers 
they really should be 4-0. There's absolutely no excuse that they're not 4-0 heading into this one. Uh, I'm not sure on Cleveland's uh, Week 5 opponent, but there is some potential they could be go- going in this game 4-1. So it's going to be a big one for, to stay atop the division. But you got to keep in mind, this game is at home. Yes, there still isn't any fans, but with this home environment, uh, not having to do that travel, um, there still is an advantage for the Steelers uh, being at home in this game. Uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger having a, a little bit of rest early in the season, uh, I, I'm sure it's just going to do wonders for his elbow, um, already getting some time away from throwing the ball. So I would imagine if this game were to get into kind of a, a throw-it-down-the-field type of game, um, I still think uh, the Steelers have the advantage in this one. Especially when you took take into consideration that the injuries uh, the Steelers have already faced um, in previous weeks this season, namely Deontay Johnson and Derek Watt. Two um, really kind of important things on both of those injury fronts. Neither player was placed on the injured reserve. And obviously the injured reserve this year is a little bit different. Players can be brought back after three weeks. So when you think about it... Um, the first week would have been the Tennessee week. The second week would have been the Philadelphia week. The third week would be the week against the Cleveland Browns. And then four weeks when they would have been eligible to come back would now be that the new Titans week thereafter. So when you take all those into consideration, the Steelers obviously didn't put either of those players on the IR. To me, that virtually guarantees that they'd both be back at the very minimum for the game against the Cleveland Browns. So we can kind of expect a, a surge of talent at the very least uh, getting your best special teamer and one of your best wide receivers back for this game. So when you take both of those into consideration, I think the Steelers will have the talent, will have the skill, will have the will to win this game. And I really do see them potentially coming home with the victory in that one, especially at home. It's going to be super important. Uh, And then when you flip over to the next game, the Tennessee Titans, I I feel like if there's a game to be motivated by, uh, it's going to be that one. The Steelers heading into Tennessee, potentially at this point with a 5-0 record. Uh, and honestly, facing a Titans team that kind of took away their cushy uh, mid-season bye week, I could definitely see the Pittsburgh Steelers being uh, kind of playing angry at the very least, I guess you could say, going into this one. Uh, and potentially, I could really see the Steelers really trying to bring it to uh, the Tennessee Titans. What's unfortunate in this one, uh, the Steelers would have played the Titans without A.J. Brown and potentially Taylor Lewan if they played that uh, in a week four slot, uh, had everyone been healthy for the Tennessee Titans. If that were the case... T.J. Watt probably feasted. Uh, the defense would have had uh, one less uh, player to worry about and could really just tee off on Derrick Henry. I think that's still going to be the game plan once again in this one. Uh, not let Derrick Henry beat them. Uh, kind of like an all-out uh, attempt to stop the run. Sort of like how the Steelers limited Saquon Barkley to just six yards in week one. So this game is going to be one of those... Uh, kind of measuring stick games, I would say. It's going to be a very important one to win because it's the first of a three-game road trip, uh, and the latter two opponents are uh, are ones that I think the Steelers uh, have historically, I should say recent history, 
the Steelers have struggled with both those opponents. But uh, heading into that Week 7 new matchup with the Tennessee Titans, um, I'm kind of expecting the Pittsburgh Steelers really to uh, just put it all on the line, really get after it, uh, and really starting the year off on a 6-0 note would be extremely noteworthy and extremely important because of what is to come and what is to follow. Uh, we'll get into those uh, into those matchups in part two here coming up in just a second. Uh, first, we're going to jump into a quick commercial break, and then we can kind of uh, talk about the, the back half of the season and a, a couple important matchups on the way. Stay tuned, guys. And we are kind of chatting um, the progression of the Steelers' season after this kind of weird pseudo-surprise bye week. Obviously, we kind of broke down the next three opponents. uh, And the next two opponents uh, after those those three, I think, are going to kind of be the, the measuring stick of the season. And really is what, uh, at this point in the year, uh, these two games against Baltimore and Dallas are really kind of going to sort of be those seeding type games. The games where you look at them on paper and you say to yourself, well, if we win both of those, we're going to have a shot at a first round bye. If we lose both of those, now all of a sudden we're competing trying to compete for the first wild card spot uh, before we can claw our way back potentially in the division thereafter. But if you're winning both these uh, or splitting or losing, it, it really kind of affects the trajectory of this team. I honestly kind of expect uh, the. St- I don't know if I necessarily expect the Steelers to be undefeated going into Baltimore, but that was kind of my preseason kind of bold prediction. Obviously, that one was going to be in Week Seven. The Steelers got a little bit of rest, so I could definitely see them uh, knocking off the three prior opponents. I think the Steelers just have more talent than any of the Eagles, Browns, and Titans. Of course, there can always be that kind of trap, trappy type game or uh, a stinker or a potentially some. It, injury bumps and bruises along the way but uh going into baltimore i I think the steelers have a relatively high chance of uh having that kind of undefeated record and it's really going to be testing this one uh pittsburgh obviously in the second matchup against baltimore last year it looked atrocious but that was even with baltimore holding a lot of guys out of the lineup uh, Devlin Hodges didn't look very good in that game and it really kind of felt like the team as a whole kind of uh, took a step back and just kind of accepted their fate that the season was basically over at that point so I'm, I'm not uh, predicting a game like that but I, I do think it'll be like uh, much like a slugfest that we saw in uh, the the first matchup of the Baltimore uh, Ravens Lamar Jackson era of 2019 against the Steelers at Heinz Field um, that game uh, you could probably remember as a game that Mason Rudolph was knocked out cold by Earl Thomas um, you would also know that game as uh, the one where Devin Bush pulled in uh, a crazy interception uh, ripping it out of the 
hands of uh, one of the one of the tight ends. I, I want to say his last name was Boyle. wasn't one of the top two tight ends in Baltimore last year, but ripped the ball out of his hands. Uh, and uh, another notable play in that one was when Juju Smith-Schuster fumbled it late, um, basically ending the Steelers' chance at coming back in that one. Uh, who knows how this one's going to play out. Um, I really like the Steelers' chances. I think the Steelers got a, a lot better in this offseason. Uh, and I, I honestly think the Ravens took a step back and got a little worse. Honestly, they lost both their starting safeties. Uh, obviously, obviously, their corners are still great. But I think Marcus Peters is someone that uh, you can catch cheating every now and then on the play. Uh, their linebackers obviously are very young. Patrick Queen, a rookie, first-round pick. Uh we kind of know what it's all kind of like when you have a, a rookie inside linebacker starting. Uh, there's going to be some mistakes and it, uh, and plays to be had against them. We kind of saw it with Devin Bush last year, even though they're coming into their own still, you can still take advantage of those rookies trying to learn those defensive fronts. Uh, and speaking of fronts, the front four for Baltimore, I don't love their pass rush, but I think the addition of Calais Campbell. That one's a game changer. I think Calais Campbell is a, a kind of guy that continuously gets into the backfield and has been wreaking some havoc for Baltimore. Uh, in all honesty, I, I think this game is a bit of a toss-up. It's going to be fun to see what happens, but uh, with all that being said, I really don't know which way it's going to go. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out, but for argument's sake, let's just say the Steelers end up losing that game and uh, have to head to Dallas. Um with kind of a kind of a sore sour note, um, the Steelers in a- AT and T Stadium, uh, I believe, are zero and two. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl forty nine, I believe it was the one where they lost to Green Bay. Um, that uh, that was a notable one there. Uh, and then uh, a couple years ago, when they lost to, uh, I believe, Tony Romo on a, a late game comeback to Dallas. Uh, the Steelers haven't looked too good against the Cowboys in recent years. Uh, of course, there was that fake spike game where Antonio Brown uh, caught a fake spike from Ben Roethlisberger late. That the Steelers uh, finally took the lead in that one, but uh, the Steelers' defense that uh, we kind of got used to seeing in that kind of 2017-ish era, uh, the floodgates opened, and they instantly let Dallas score a touchdown on their own, regaining the lead and winning the game. I don't really foresee that kind of game happening again, but especially after watching what Cleveland could do to Dallas, uh, I, I don't like the, the Cowboys' defense, uh, and I still think their offense is figuring out. If you take away all their late-game uh, garbage-time yards against Atlanta and Cleveland, their offense really isn't that special. Uh, I think the Steelers offensively and defensively can take advantage of that matchup, but it's going to be it's going to be a challenge still. It's going to be an interesting week uh, going on the road. The Steelers every year it feels like have that kind of trappy style game where they lose to an inferior road team. Uh, that's not in the state of Ohio. That should be mentioned because uh, they, they usually don't lose those games to the Browns or the Bengals. But this one kind of has that written all over it, especially with the weak NFC West. But uh, I, I really can't predict that uh, a Trout-style game is uh, Denmark to happen. But uh, this is one that I'm worried about. Now, after the Steelers play the Cowboys, they got, they got a pretty decent, fluffy stretch of games uh, against Cincinnati at home and then heading down to Jacksonville. Uh, I think both of those games are definitely winnable. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, 
obviously a rookie quarterback. I think that's one the Steelers can take advantage of. Uh, and I think uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars still are trying to figure out their own identity. Who really knows what's going on there? But they obviously started off hot against Indianapolis. They kind of look good in some other games. So I will give the Jags credit for that. However, uh, I'm not really leaning their way, um, especially in a game against the Steelers. Uh, I, I think uh, I think the Steelers kind of got the Jaguars monkey off their back uh, after that uh, 2018 game where Ben Roethlisberger kind of dove into the end zone to win that game. Uh, and I, I think that trend continues, and they take care of business against the Jaguars. Those two will be uh, will be inter- still interesting affairs. Uh, I think at this point in the year, um, depending where the Steelers are at, uh, I think every game is really going to count, especially to keep pace uh, with Baltimore and the rest of the AFC, especially if they're able to knock off Baltimore and they're competing for that number one seed in the AFC. They're super. These two games are super important, and the Steelers are going to have to take care of business in both because coming up after those two games, they got Baltimore again at home. This is where it's different from the first matchup, however. It's a Thursday nighter in Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving. When you take into all those considerations, uh, the t- the home team on Thursday night football, I believe, wins uh, statistically, it's right around the 73% range of the time the home team wins. Uh, when games are played on holidays, it, it is well over 50% again. Uh, still not 100% sure on the exact stat. But then when you combine the two, it's a Thursday it's a holiday at home. Uh, it, it's pretty extraordinary what the numbers really are. Uh, this game is really in favor of the Steelers to win, and it really is going to be their game to lose. If the Steelers are going to win the AFC North, they're going to win this game. Uh, th- this is going to be the most important game on the schedule, I think, uh, especially going into the home stretch, because uh, after this game, the Steelers will just have six more. And uh, when it comes to divisional opponents, they'll only have one game against Cincinnati and uh, week 17 against Cleveland. Uh, and it's definitely possible if the Steelers are going to win the a- AFC North, that that game against Cleveland is going to be a game where the Steelers end up resting players. So... This game against Baltimore at home on Thanksgiving is going to be one of those games you absolutely positively have to win uh, when you're trying to win your division. Obviously, uh, I don't think a team has won the AFC North three years in a row, potentially ever. Uh, I have to go back on that one, but it's been a long time, if not ever, that a team has actually done that. Baltimore, of course, has won it two years in a row. Uh, Pittsburgh would like to steal that crown back away from them. Uh, after that Baltimore game, uh, the Steelers have uh, the Washington Football Club at home. This is an interesting game because it's going to be sandwiched between the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and in all all likelihood, those are two of the three teams that the Steelers are going to be competing with, not only to win the AFC North, but to potentially be a bye team. So the Steelers obviously are going to have an eye on both of those games, but it's the game in the middle that they can't afford to miss when they have Washington at home. Washington's obviously going to be a team that kind of struggles throughout this year. They still have a young quarterback. Uh, They're missing pieces, I I would say, all over the field. Their O-line's got some talent here and there, but not a great O-line. Their receiving core, they got scary Terry, but uh, not too much after that. Don't really love their tight ends. Don't really love their running backs. Don't love their defense. Like Chase Young's a beast, but outside of that, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. It's one of those games, again, where you have to win. The 
we, we've all projected the Steelers all year long to be one of those teams that should be in the thick of things when it comes to games in January, games in February. They should be a championship caliber team, and championship caliber teams don't lose to teams this completely inferior. It's kind of been the theme for the Steelers in the last 10 years, though, playing down to their opponent, losing uh, losing that annual game, like we said earlier on this podcast. But uh, hopefully in this one, uh, we're able to uh, to keep the football, uh, football club down and move uh, into the Sunday nighter in Buffalo uh, with a nice little record and winning streak on our hands. The Buffalo game is going to be an interesting one. Obviously, it's going to be uh, in mid-December. Uh, it's going to be a chilly game uh, in Buffalo, especially that time of the year. Uh, who knows if there's going to be fans or not, but uh, the Steelers at this point, uh, if I do the quick math in my head, this will be their ninth consecutive game without a rest, without a bye week. This one could prove to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, Buffalo has looked great this year. Josh Allen seems to be an MVP form quarterback in 2020 through four games. Uh, he's looked outstanding. Uh, their defense looks great. Doug McDermott is a hell of a head coach. Uh, it, it was uh, it was pretty noteworthy that the uh, the Steelers took them to the absolute limits last year without Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback and uh, a ton of other notable injuries. They were able to do that last year. Uh, this year, they're going to have to do it again. But uh, take care of business and win. Again, this is going to be one of those games where I think Buffalo has a much weaker division. And Buffalo is going to have a much easier road to getting that number one seed because they should legitimately have no problem getting six wins in that AFC East. They should do it. I, I know New England still poses some challenges, but their lack of talent compared to Buffalo's, uh, I think the discrepancy is pretty outstanding. So in this one, Pittsburgh is going to have to knock off the Bills if they really want that bye week. I know it's not necessary to win uh, to win a Super Bowl, but. It really is important, especially on a team that's going to go on a 13-game uh, uh, complete uh, trek straight through the rest of the season from here on out. Uh, third last game of the year against Cincinnati. That's going to be another interesting one. I could only assume Joe Burrow is really going to come into his own in the NFL at this point in the year. Uh a divisional game is there's always potential uh, for an upset. Who knows if it'll happen in this one, but I really can't see it happening. But again, it's going to be one of those important games. The second last game of the year against Indianapolis will be uh, we'll have some fun storylines, I think, because it's probably going to be the last time I think we'll see uh, Ben Roethlisberger going toe to toe with Philip Rivers, the uh, 2004 draft class compatriots. Uh, I, I kind of think Philip Rivers is kind of on his last legs in this one, to be honest. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how this one winds up. The Colts obviously have been playing lights out on defense, but uh, I still don't love their team. Uh, another one of those wins or games that I feel like the Steelers should win. Uh, but w- when you look at it, uh, it's at home, second last game of the year. Really should be taking care of business. And a, a win here against Indianapolis uh, kind of set- sets up the Steelers to be able to rest some guys against Cleveland the final week of the year. So getting into that final that final week, that final game, there's going to be a lot of pressure, uh, I think, on the Browns in this one. Uh, potentially, when you look at their schedule, it, it could be one of those games where they need a win to get into the playoffs. Uh, and to be honest, I, I really don't think the Steelers are going to care whether or not they get in or not. Uh, and would probably rather rest some of their guys, especially like like has been talked at nauseum at this point. 13 straight games is going to be a brutal stretch. So... 
it, it could be a game we see Mason Rudolph, but I, I think by no means are the Steelers going to roll over. Uh, hopefully this is going to be one of those uh, kind of 2016-2017 uh, uh, finales against Cleveland where the uh, – the Steelers just take care of business and go into the playoffs with a great winning streak and get ready for bigger and better things ahead. So with all that said, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, end to the season. Obviously, we're only three games into the Steelers year, four weeks into the season, 13 games to go before we hit the playoffs. It's going to be an interesting stretch. I'm very excited for it, and you should be too. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Live Mike. I'm your host, Michael Beck. Make sure to be uh, checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and all our family of podcasts. We will talk to you guys in the next one. You have a good one, guys.